0: Rise and shine, liberty loving patriots. Welcome to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal. Chrisanne Hall here, K R I S A N N E H A L L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Well, it's Tuesday, so we are JC less. <laughs> but we do have a visitor that might be popping up his head every now and again uh mac the family dog also known as mackie chan (laughs) is sleeping on the floor behind me and so i'm not going to make any apologies if he decides to sort of hop up and make everybody know that he's at home it's it's really sometimes a challenge to keep him keep him out of the mix of things (laughs) it's uh yeah he he is he's a hoot boy he is dog that wants to be with me and he freaks out whenever i am not actually in the same room with him if there is a door that's shut between us he is not a happy camper so somebody on twitter sent me this And I was looking at it because I think it start, I mean, everybody likes to make the jokes about California and commie California and all of the crazy politics of California. And I wanted to mention to you, I'm wondering when those jokes are going to start happening about Virginia. Here is an article on occupational licensing. Okay. Virginia is about to require a government license for art therapy because glue and scissors are potentially dangerous. No, this is not an article on the onion. This is not an article on the beat. This is a real live article. Based on a study that cites such potential dangers as sharp edges on scissors and toxic chemicals in glue, state lawmakers uh, in Virginia are on their way to approving a new licensing law to cover art therapists. The Virginia Senators voted unanimously. It is SB 713. I'm telling you, this is a real-life thing. SB 713, Art Therapist and Art Therapy Associates definitions licensure. I mean, are you freaking kidding me? So the Virginia Senate voted unanimously this week to approve the legislation sending the bill to the State Assembly for further consideration. The bill would create a new license for art therapists but is largely silent on the requir- for requirements for obtaining such a license. Instead, the legislature intends to offload these those details to a newly created board, a board that will be staffed primarily by practicing art therapists. What? What are you? What? This is just... We had a big we had a big we talked about this on the show the other day we had a big discussion at uh, the University in my Constitution 2 class about regulations and what's necessary what's not necessary uh, is there anything even necessary and the whole thing just boggles the mind are you are you gonna have to have a license now to, to allow uh, to be a kindergartner, right? So do kindergartners have to possess a license to use scissors and glue? If art therapists have to have a license, you know what this is all about, right? This is all about money. It has nothing to do with anybody being safe. It has nothing to do with keeping anyone healthy. This is obviously a new growing very popular way of making money and the government sees it's a piece of untaxed revenue. And so now we're going to have we're going to have licenses for art therapists because scissors and glue are dangerous. I don't I don't I don't even I don't even get this this how can we live in in such an absurd society Samuel Adams said no people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved but on the contrary when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders can I tell you what's wrong with this from the get-go. Before I do that, I I, I need to remind you, if you are watching us on YouTube right now, if you are watching us on Facebook, make sure, if you're watching us on Twitter, if you're watching us on LinkedIn, if you're watching us on Instagram, make sure that you like and share. Liking and sharing triggers the snowflakes And not only that, it undermines the algorithms that are trying to keep the truth down. So right now, stop what you're doing, look to your left, look to your right, and click the button. There you go. Look to your right, look to your left, and click the button. All right, so let me tell you what's several things that are are wrong with this. I want to start by sharing something uh, with you. Uh, from James Madison. Now, James Madison, we call him the father of the Constitution, wrote a document in 1792 he titled simply Property. This is a, a document that I use a lot at Liberty First University. It's a document that I use a lot at River University School of Government. And as Liberty First students out there, this is a document that you ought to be not just simply reading but studying and knowing and what i t- what i want to tell you is that madison explains something that has become completely become completely foreign in our enlightened modern society right enlightened modern society 67 genders 37 different whatevers you know and we don't understand the real complexity of the complex issues like property. So James Madison explains that, just to give you a sort of brief cliff notes version, James Madison explains that there are two kinds of property. There are, <laughs> yes, Fox Bear, push all the buttons. <laughs> That's what somebody in the, in the chat room here in, in uh, YouTube says now. Push all the buttons. I don't care what button it is. Push it. Unless it's the button that says unsubscribe. Don't push that button. Don't push the thumbs down button either. So push it. Push it. Push the ones that go up and push all the good buttons. Push all the good buttons. So James Madison explains that there are two kinds of property. No, not your car and your house not your hairbrush and your cell phone there are two kinds of properties there are there are physical properties and non-physical properties yes there are things that are non-physical properties and to a certain legal extent we get that because we have a whole division of law called intellectual property right but in reality, we don't even apply intellectual property in its proper context as a non-physical property. We provide that, intell- that, that intellectual property is the product of your intellect. So it's actually a manifestation of your intellect into a physical piece of property. But James Madison describes... That property is not just simply what is manifested into the physical, but what exists in the non-physical. The ideas, the, the, the gifts, the skills, the inventions, the imaginations, the thoughts, the conscience. He, he even says the rights themselves are property. Thank you, Dragon Stallion, for helping us today. Let me read to you what Dragon Stallion says in his gift to us Uh, His gift to Liberty, uh, his or her, please tell me, Dragon Stallion 10101. do you you have a gender identity? (laughs) I don't mean to tease you. But anyway, Dragon Stallion 1001 has given uh, Liberty a gift today and said, Can we put in a constitutional amendment to both the U.S. Constitution and the state constitutions to drug test and mentally evaluate each and every bureaucrat politician? (laughs) That is awesome. Uh, How many of you right now would vote to have a constitutional uh, amendment to drug and mentally evaluate all your bureaucrats? I got a better idea. No legislation without representation. Guess what that means? No bureaucrats with no power. Bureaucrats that just simply follow orders. So James Madison tells us that property is both physical and non-physical and that our ideas, our conscience, he he even says, let me find this specific quote in here. He even says that, if I can type with my fingers, there we go. He says that our conscience is the most sacred of all property. Conscience is the most sacred of all property. See, that's how we got to get this. We've got to get this understanding that conscience is property. He says, Conscience is the most sacred of all property, other property depending in part on positive law. The exercise of the, that, the, uh, the conscience, to guard a man's house as his castle, to pay public and enforce private debts with the most exact faith, Can give no title to invade a man's conscience, which is more sacred than his castle. Right? So, what Madison is saying is is that the delegation of power to government, to engage in government things on the physical end, right? To um, pass laws to be a protector of the people's property, his house, most specifically, because Madison is having this discussion about the difference between physical and non-physical property. He's saying, look, just because we delegate an authority to the government to secure our physical property, we do not, rel- we do not give to the government, An authority to invade our conscience, to control our conscience at any level. Because your conscience is more sacred than your castle. What is in your mind, in your intellect, your beliefs are more sacred than any bit of physical property that you can come up with. I want I to share with you some things that Madison describes as being non-physical property. He says, uh, property is everything to which a man may attach a value and have a right. He says, and which leaves to everyone else the like advantage. He says, a man has a property in his opinions and the free communication of them. You see, your freedom to communicate, freedom of speech, freedom of press, these are property, just like your house. He says, you have an equal property in the free use of your faculties and the free choice of the objects on which to employ them. Why is that relevant to the discussion today? Because we're talking about this overregulation regulation of industry. The fact that we're actually even regulating. Hello. We're actually even regulating scissors, uh, art therapists, because of scissors and glue. How does a legislator even think that that's okay? How, how does that? Yes, yes 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 I mean how do you say that with a straight face yes yes we we must we must regulate the art therapists because you know those scissors I you know just the other day I I, I snipped the little tip of my finger and 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 we you know well well you know we we regulate hairdressers and hairdressers use scissors see and, 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 and we must regulate hairdressers because they use scissors because scissors are dangerous. Yep, yep, see, are, are you following me now? You following me now? Scissors are dangerous. That's why we regulate hairdressers. And since we regulate hairdressers, because uh, they use scissors, they use sharp things, then guess what? We need to regulate art therapists. Give me a stinking break but you see that's what faculties are faculties are your gifts your skills your abilities your thoughts how how you turn the things that happen in here into a product out here that's your faculties and Madison says you have a, a property equal to any other property in the free use of your faculties and the free choice of objects on which to employ them. Now, what then is a violation of the free use of your faculties and the free choice of the objects on which to employ them, right? If this is your property and you are to have a natural right to your property, free use of your faculties and the choice of objects on which to employ them. Right? So what would be a violation of that particular non-physical property? Well guess up we don't we don't have to actually come up with the, uh, the understanding or even guess what Madison said because he actually even draws the conclusion. Listen to what he says. He says Are you ready? It is not a just government, nor is is property secure under it, where the arbitrary restrictions, exemptions, and monopolies deny to part of its citizen that free use of their faculties and free choice of their occupations which not only constitute their property in a general sense of the word, but are the means of requiring property so strictly called. He even gives us an example. As if to break it down for us into bite-sized pieces. Madison says, let me, let me boil this out to you. Madison says this is not a just government when the government can tell you how... To run your profession, where well, the government can tell you how you can and cannot run the thoughts, the ideas, and the skills of your mind. Look at what he says. What must uh, Madison is great at this. He's always great of of, post, uh, of of presenting a question of hyperbole. He loves to speak in the extreme to show how absurd the thought would be. Listen to what he says. What must the spir- what must the spirit of legis uh, I'm sorry what must be the spirit of legislation where a manufacturer of linen cloth is forbidden to bury his own child in a linen shroud in order to favor his neighbor who manufactures woolen cloth where the manufacturer and wearer wool of woollen cloth are forbidden the economical use of buttons of that material in favor of the manufacturer of buttons of other materials What we're talking about is government regulation of private business. James Madison is saying that is absurd. And whether we realize it or not, government regulation of private business creates winners and losers by government. Because you see, if you want to employ Your imaginations and your skills to engage in a business. And because the regulation is so great, what what comes with regulation? Come on, people. Fines, licensure, fees. What if you want to start a business? You simply can't afford the licensure. You want to be an art therapist. You're particularly skilled at art. You've never once wounded yourself or anyone else with a pair of scissors. Well, in order to engage, in order to occupy that property of your faculties and your conscience, you must now pay the government for the privilege of exercising your thoughts. Catch that. Regulation of private business means you have to pay the government for the privilege of exercising your private thoughts. Government didn't give you those gifts. Government didn't give you those skills. Government didn't give you that that desire. And government's not going to buy the scissors for you. They're not going to give you that product. Why do you have to pay them anything at all for the privilege of using what is solely and completely yours? That's why you can get the most ridiculous of an absurd say statements like Barack Obama. You didn't build that. Because they believe that because you have a license from the government, this paid permission to engage in what's necessary to live. Then guess what? Perhaps in their minds you didn't even build it. Perhaps in their minds you've paid them for the right to do it. And without paying them for the right to do it, you don't possess the right to do it. Can, can we catch this? Now, let me give you another analogy here because I want you to really understand the depth of the insidious nature of regulation of private business, okay? And then we'll get into the argument that, you know, it's already floating around there out in the ether. If you ever try to bring this up, you're going to get the question that I'm going to get to, right? I'm, I'm going to, don't worry. We're going to get to that question. Let me give you a scenario. Those of you in our chat room right now watching us live. Here's your pop quiz question. Are you ready? Here's your scenario. When you live on property, you don't own. And you have to pay. Well, let me let's scratch that start over. When you have to pay someone to live on property, and you have to pay someone to use that property, and then when you use that property, you have to pay that someone a portion of what you make in order to do what you do, right? So if you have to pay for the use of a property, if you have to pay for the uh, set aside a portion of your use of that property the product of that property to someone else what is that called should I play the like jeopardy music there do, 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 do. what is that called it's called very simply indentured servitude yeah if you have to pay someone For the ability to use property, if you have to pay them then a portion of what you receive from the use of that property, you are an indentured servant. You are in no means, in any way, by any political definition, a freeman. You're not. So here you have it. Americans, not just simply at the federal level now, at the local levels, our greatest regulations come from our states and local governments, don't they? We are, Americans are no longer freemen. They're indentured servants. Think about all the stuff you have to pay for the privilege to do. James Madison, the father of the Constitution said, that is not a just government. Can I, can I just say something that should just be like mind-blowing to you? I mean, it's absolutely mind-blowing. As subjects in a kingdom. To a, monar- a, 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 a monarchy. To a king. As subjects to a king and a monarchy, our founders had greater freedom to engage in in enterprise than their posterity has today. There you go. Can I just give you Samuel Adams' quote again? No people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. But on the contrary, when the universal ignorance of the, uh, when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. Come on now. People freaking out because Donald Trump drove the murdercade around the speedway track. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, you are enslaved. Welcome to the circus as the music plays while the clowns keep the stage bread and circuses people bread and circuses and and you know they say we don't know and we don't we don't understand what all this means right why do we have to have all this regulation you're gonna get, if you start talking about this, I guarantee it. You're gonna get the question. Well, it's the government's job to keep people safe. Uh, no, it's not. No, it's not. Go look at the constitution of your state. Go look at the US constitution. Go read the oaths of office that your people take. Not a single oath of office will say i do solemnly swear that i will keep people safe that doesn't even exist in your in your police officers and your deputy sheriff deputies oath that doesn't even exist there Mm-mm. doesn't nowhere to keep us safe well, Chrissa, what happens then if children get abused by 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 the uh, art therapists and they get hurt because they don't know how to use? I, really, I can't even. I can't even say that out loud. <laughs> because the art therapist didn't know how to use a pair of scissors properly. So, um, how do we keep people from being uh, uh, abusive with art? Therapy scissors. If we don't regulate them, well, number one, there's two problem. There's two specific problems with that statement. Number one, the assumption that paying the government for a license actually keeps people from getting hurt on the job. If that were the case, there would be no wrongful death lawsuits. If that were the case, there'd be no people uh, getting compensation for injuries on the job. If that were the case, there'd be no medical malpractice. If that were the case, there'd be no uh, uh, legal malpractice, there'd be no malpractice lawsuits anywhere. If that were the case... Ooh, this just came to my head. Tell me if I'm wrong. Check this out. Right? If the possession of a license obtained by paying the government money is established to ensure that people know how to do their job properly and will not do their job negligently, then why do we have insurance, workplace insurance? Why is there medical malpractice insurance? Why is there legal malpractice insurance? Why is there insurance for any profession? They already have to have a license. The whole purpose of the license is to keep people safe then what's the purpose of what why wouldn't insurance be then an unnecessary superfluous expense there's the catch because not only are you required to have the license you are required to have the insurance too why because it's all about the cha-ching Somebody's got to have their hand in your pie, and guess what? Our founders were freer in a kingdom because we buy into this stuff. Now, if I have any lawyer, I know I have lawyers out there uh, that listen to the to the Daily Journal, who follow us on iTunes, Google Music, Play that, that are members of Liberty First University, that are uh, you know that that uh, follow us on YouTube and everywhere. So I need a lawyer. So inevitably, if you bring this up, the fact that number one regulations are unnecessary, and number two, the second argument is, what about? You're going to hear this. What about the sausage factories, right? Wasn't there a case back in our law school days where? where the sausage factory owners were running their businesses with negligent machinery and they weren't training their people properly and people were losing fingers in the sausage and people were falling in the sausage factory machines and didn't regulations, we we needed regulations to stop that from happening, right? So uh, number two argument, regulations stop people from being negligent right number one regulations ensure people have the proper training number two regulations ensure that people won't be negligent the two lies that perpetuate this eternal money flow for government i already told you why the first one's a lie they prove the first one being a lie by making sure you have medical you have malpractice insurance The second one is a lie because regulations never stopped anything from happening. Never stopped any negligence, never stopped anything. By the way, we talked about this before. The regulatory agencies are not even designed anymore to ensure that people aren't hurting the environment or hurting each other or whatever. Remember, I told you the story about how in Westlake, Louisiana, The factories are given standards, environmental standards they have to live up to. And the EPA says you have to fix this, you have to do that, you have to make this improvement, you gotta add this equipment in order to keep the environment safe. Well that stuff, every time they add is boom, 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 the cost goes up, 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 up. And then the EPA says if you fail to make these improvements, we're gonna fine you for, for not making the improvements. They never require them to make the improvements, they just fine them. And the fines are set lower than the cost of the improvement so that it's actually cheaper to annually pay the fine than it is to make the improvements. Don't tell me that's an accident. Don't tell me that's an oversight. No, that's on purpose, right? So why is the whole sausage factory argument a scheme, a lie, and not even true? Because there is nothing that is regulated that is not already handled by criminal law. Why do we have regulations? Not because it will stop business owners and corporate bigwigs or whoever, anybody, from being negligent. We have regulations because we have a corrupt judicial system that doesn't prosecute people under the equal eyes of the law. So if you have political favor, if you have political power, then you don't get prosecuted. So then people get angry because you're a big wig, big money, government influence corporate owner and the people in your corporation, the employees, the low-level factory workers are dying. And the judicial system's not working because they won't prosecute the owners cuz that's a crime, right? Negligent manslaughter. Negligence can be a crime. When it runs, when it causes someone's great bodily harm or death, it is actually a crime on the books. Different names, different jurisdictions, but it's still a crime. And what happened was people with lots of money or people with lots of influence were not being prosecuted under equal application of the law. So people were getting angry. They said to the government, what do we do about this? How do we stop this? The government says, oh... I've got the answer for you. We can find them. We can create regulations. We can make sure that they have a piece of paper that says they follow our regulations. Would that make you happy? if, they, if we created a whole piece of legislation that outlines, boom, you have to keep your people safe. You have to do this to keep them safe. You have to do that to keep them safe. One, two, three, four, five. And then we issue them a little piece of paper from us stamped, the government. Would that make you feel safer? Oh, yes, government. That would make us feel very safe. Great. Well, it's going to cost us money to do that. So we're going to make sure that these big corporations have to pay us money for these pieces of paper that will give us that where we give them the big government stamp of approval. Right. Oh, yes. Stick it to the big man. That's what we got to do. Right. And now here we are regulating people because they work with scissors and glue when the whole bottom line is this. What what corporation has ever been prosecuted? See, that's the whole point. If they had been prosecuted for the criminal actions, you wouldn't need the regulations because the penalty of being held criminally accountable for your criminal negligence would be enough to create a corrective behavior. Instead, they just have to pay fines, and fines don't mean anything. You just simply write them off. It's not that big of a deal, right? And there you go, and there you have it, and our liberties now are, are well, we're now indentured servants because the people don't demand equal application of the law, and they want their government to do everything for them. Government is their provider, government is their God, government is their protector, and government solves all the problems. Do you know why this whole thing circumvents the whole proper order of society? The corruption of the judicial system is actually because of the reliance on government if we understood the proper organization of society we would know that the judicial system is actually a reflection of the society it is the organization of society to keep order within the society it's not a it's not it's not really the judiciary is not actually a governmental exercise it's an organization of society to maintain the order of society But because now we have this government people mentality, right? Government people mentality. We don't understand. We're government. We've established this kind of mental aristocracy. And so... Now you have a situation where everybody hates monopolies, but the bottom line is your government makes them. Government regulations make monopolies. That's the very argument that James Madison is arguing in 1792. You would think. What is that? 227 years. 227 years. We'd have figured out, well, we would have figured it out. Even if we had forgotten it, we'd have figured this out. So, there you have it. More ridiculousness in government. Oh, you want to want to talk? Let's talk about the circus. Can we can we talk about the circus for just a minute? Because this is something that really irritated me. I I actually tweeted this out. Um, I saw this thing in uh, the Washington Times. Right. The headline is Michael Bloomberg does a George Soros and buys up law enforcement. Okay. These tweets are everywhere, people are just livid, livid that Bloomberg is getting away with pulling a Soros move. That's not what we should be mad about. Why would we be mad that that Bloomberg why would be mad, let me put it this way. Why would we be mad at Bloomberg for buying up law enforcement? This is the whole misguided perception because we're so focused and enamored with Emerald City and the people who are occupying it. Oh, Bloomberg's a bad guy because he's buying up our law enforcement. Excuse me. We don't need to be outraged that Bloomberg is buying up our officers. We should be outraged that our officers can be bought. The anger should be at the officers. At the PBA. At at the, the unions. At the leaderships. That are being bought. That's where the anger should be. Not at Bloomberg. Come on now. Bloomberg's a rich guy. You're going to blame the rich guy for buying influence? Or are you going to blame the politician or the corrupt leader for getting paid off by Bloomberg? Come on now. This is just, this is something that we really, 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 really need to understand. We need to get our minds in the right order. And I think since we are talking about regulation today, I'm going to end today's show with a question. Now, I want to remind you now, before you leave, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification button. Oh, there was Mac. (laughs) You guys just saw Mac in the corner. He's now laying on the floor looking at me, wagging his tail. There he is. Do you want to come up and say hi to everybody, Mac? Hmm? Do you want to say hi? You can come up here for a second. Say hi. The people who are listening won't be able to see you. They won't be able to see you, will they? No. Well, everybody watching can see Mac. Mac is my old man dog, and he's a good dog. Okay, now go lay down. Go be a good boy and go lay down. So I want to end today's show with a question. I, want to, I should make an assignment, so you guys have to come back tomorrow and talk to JC about it. I'm not sure if I'm going to be here tomorrow. It may be just JC by himself because I have to go to the state capitol and uh, do some education. <laughs> there are several pieces of legislation being pushed in uh, Tallahassee my state capital, and we need to uh, we need to get our legislators educated that there are consequences for these kinds of legislation so but I'm not I'm going to ask you this question are you ready? I asked my students this on Monday and it blew their minds What is the purpose of Of a driver's license. What is the purpose of a driver's license? You know what I am? I'm just going to leave it out there. That's your homework today. What is the purpose of a driver's license? And when you come back tomorrow, JC and I, or just JC, will be running the show. We will answer the question, what is the purpose of a driver's license? Because this is one of the simple things that sometimes we don't even think about. But I want us to start thinking. Because we need to start recognizing just how much too much government actually is. So there's your question. What is the purpose of a driver's license? God bless you guys thank you so much for joining me again today I do want to say thank you to uh, dragon stallion 101 uh, for the support Uh, dragon stallion 101 supported us twice two times two 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 great little encouragements. he says bank bill customers out of billion dollars in illegal acts and are fined just hundreds of thousands of dollars see that's what I'm talking about it's not just banks it's, it's other corporations. It's everybody that is regulated by the government. Because government regulation isn't meant to stop crimes. <coughs> Excuse me. Government regulations aren't meant to stop crimes. Government regulations are to fund government. That's the only reason, right? So come back tomorrow and we'll get into the depth of the question, why is there a driver's license? God bless you guys. I will see you next time.